Genre. Back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 3, one eagle-eyed Eddie minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Father David Mowry. And, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Someone's ringing the bell on the battle tower. I got to go check on this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Father. <laughs> Good Happy to have there. him. Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, ha- happy to have you return for today's minute, minute 104, which begins with Eddie continuing to walk towards the sound of screaming and bells and ends with him ensnared by the many tendrils of the symbiote. Mm-hmm. This is the, uh, not quite the birth of venom, but basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's the, uh, the labor of the birth of venom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely like comfortable it. with this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, don't, I don't think labor usually has this much <laughs> ominous chant underneath it. It does have this much screaming, though. Well, it's uh, true. Yeah, uh, not wrong. <laughs> we start. We, we start with Eddie reaching the door to the um, stairway up to the bell tower. I guess we could phrase that. Um, and he just pushes it right open. Yeah, yeah that, you can tell you're in a movie church because nothing is locked. <laughs> just, it's but, also as, really... as a parish priest, I can tell you everything that it does not pertain to a prayer for people to come in and just spend the time in the pews to pray is locked up tight because you don't want someone climbing up to the top of the bell tower because it's usually some dumb teenagers on a dare doing something mm-hmm. stupid up there. You know, then an accident happens and you get angry letters. So right, you, got, you just got to keep everything locked up. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there is this weird thing, though, uh, the, the POV shot of him opening the door. His arm is like seven feet long and I don't understand what I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so long. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That, that is bizarre. Early, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mr. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Eddie Brock really... is Reed Richards. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's almost like they digitally extended it or something. I don't know. That's very weird. It definitely feels like this shot craning up the bell tower is CGI. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Maybe. It's got to be. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, the uh, okay. So so then we get to the point where Eddie learns that uh, Peter is uh, Spider-Man, um, which is that he can see him from the bottom of the tower, at the top of the tower. Uh, While struggling. Peter is flailing, yeah. trying to remove a costume that has a mask as part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just that narrow gap uh, between the bell and the platform. That's, yep. you know. I, he must be eating a lot of carrots, is all, all I have to say. <laughs> you can see. And it's, it's not like oh he wouldn't God. figure that out, because if, if the symbiote carries over some kind of mental impression or information <laughs> gained from a previous host, mm-hmm. he'll learn all that anyway. Right. Well, but that, then again, this, uh, this film never really gets into any of that. That's true. Uh, so, not so weirdly. Yeah. yeah. As far as the movie knows, that's not uh, one of the symbiote's powers. So they mm-hmm. had to explain how he knows. All right. And fair enough. This is what they chose 
I don't think it works really at all. Um, <laughs> not buying it. Not buying it. Not buying what you're selling, guys. <laughs> Strange credulity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can almost hear it in like Topher Grace's delivery of the line that he's like, I don't really think it's like a Parker. This like this vibe where he doesn't quite believe it because how on earth could you? Like you couldn't quite. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not sure of this. <laughs> I don't know if this is the way to go, guys. No, just, just, just trust me, Topher. It's fine. Just say it. Yeah, it's okay. fine. Well, well, well when we see CGI the tower, we'll make sure that it's uh, short enough that you would be able to see him. Uh, <laughs> that's and not the way, the way he says vision. it. He's like he's he's realizing, I don't know who's been leaving Jello in his shoes at the gym or something. You know, there's <laughs> there's not the sense of deep hatred. Uh, that yeah. you would expect from someone praying for God to kill this man. Like, oh, it's Park. Hey, look, it's that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> yes. yeah. Seconds later. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> there he <pal>. is. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, Peter. <laughs> um, also The big weird, James Franco smile. Uh, yeah. Also weird, when he steps in after the POV shot and we see him stepping into the hall, um, there is a very distinct blue line around him. So this is none of this is real. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he is that. All of this background is CGI, so he's doing this on a blue screen. Um, he has oh. no idea what he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Yeah, he's looking at something. Yeah. Um, Speaking of CGI, we get some more uh, tendril stuff. Yeah. Uh, for a second, tendril stuff with Tobey Maguire just absolutely going for it. Yeah. 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 For a second there, uh, uh, Toby's got a, a sun's out, guns out approach to his sleeve, <laughs> um, which is which is fun. Uh, uh, and I love watching just the it. Off. I love watching it regrow after he rips it off. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Um, it still holds up. It really does. It does. Like, most of the most of the VFX in this movie hold up surprisingly well, but I think the ones that hold up the most are the symbiote uh venom stuff yeah it's really cool it's really fantastic um mm-hmm. so then he he grabs a bunch of it and just yanks it all off and a, a piece of it falls onto uh onto eddie's depression hoodie <laughs> <laughs> no not the depression hoodie yeah which he immediately takes sale. off i do respect that reaction on his part that oh, he just yeah. immediately Okay, that is a, that I, is a I normal human hoodie, reaction, but... which you don't always <laughs> get, get off, in superhero get movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very pragmatic. Yeah. Just, oh God, no! no he no, doesn't no. even wait for it to like move or anything, or like the you know he doesn't wait for like the moment to sink in where he realizes it's alive. You know, from because from where he's standing, it should just look like something dripped on him, um, which yeah, is like which tar. is gross. But he wouldn't know that it was alive, but he doesn't even wait to know that. He's just like, nope, gross thing, throwing that away. Goodbye. Not a fan. Nope. Not a fan. <laughs> Big old no for me. That's yeah. going gonna to be no for me, dog. Okay. <laughs> um, well, he does, I, he does, it does spread its little tendrils. He sees it grow like down oh, towards he? his elbow. Okay. A tiny bit, yeah. He freaks out like, whoa, okay, nope, 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 nope. He just has phenomenal oh, okay. reflexes. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Oof. what I'm like when I'm around bees. So <laughs> that checks yeah, out. Yeah, you don't need to see a bee for very long to freak out. Yeah, yeah. All right, that checks yeah, out. Yeah, maybe he thought it was a bee. Maybe. maybe. 
Well, I, we just established he has a really African good vision. Bees, oh, no. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or a spider or something like that. I don't know. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Big black spider. Yeah, but either way, Which he's he like, I gotta get rid of this. Uh, and uh, so then we get uh, like this back shot of of, of uh, Peter and, and the tendrils are sort of spread out like a spider web, which is a nice design. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. And then he does mm-hmm. this, he, do, he, he kind of like doubles over and like kind of like slams his fist on the ground and then it it's it sort of the the symbiote like kind of turns more liquidy and like pours off of him which is like yeah a really cool effect of of just sort of establishing what it looks like when it doesn't have a bond when it when it's not bonding anymore um, yeah and you can and you can see like little hands at the end of the tendrils mm-hmm. reaching out and grasping as it works its way down the tower yeah yeah Man, it just looks cool it like, does like I don't even have like intelligent commentary on that. It's just like that looks Good cool. Good job, BXF team. <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot of money on this, and you know what? So, some of it, some of it seemed well worth it. Um, I mean, this was like an insanely expensive movie at the time, but yeah, uh, sometimes you see that money on screen. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So it 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 drips. It gets off of uh, Peter, and uh, Peter's left uh, naked in a bell tower. Um. <laughs> yeah, cause that, right. He's he has no clothes. He has the, no the, clothes. He has taken off the suit and he has nothing on underneath. He's completely naked. Yeah. 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 Completely. Not even a. Not even like an undershirt. Not even like a boxer brief. He's just nothing. Yeah, you, you would think he would have like some kind of you know muscle shirt underneath or uh something Under armor. Yeah. I, yeah. I imagine that suit isn't all that comfortable you would need some kind of anti-chafing protection you would think so <laughs> yeah at least uh yeah. at least like a like a cup situation something <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um but no he's uh he's just totally naked up there and uh it all drips onto eddie and it's this interesting thing where uh he is uh uh suddenly in a very familiar pose um which is a weird choice huh. Uh, for yeah. what's actually happening to him. Yeah, so so one of the things I noticed uh, in the last scene that I, I, I failed to mention, so when Eddie turns to look at the bell tower, the stained glass window that's, that's off to the side of the doors of the bell tower is uh, depicts the scene of Jesus being baptized by John in the mm-hmm. River oh. Jordan. And you know, we've had some with the holy water when, uh, when Eddie first comes in, and we're going to have a water-related scene coming up later, the so the th- the thought that occurred to me, especially with this this you know, particular pose <laughs> from Eddie in this <laughs> scene, was that we kind of have like an anti-baptism for the anti-Christ figure of the okay. Spider-Man world. Okay, because Venom is that dark anti-Spider-Man figure. Right. He doesn't trigger Spider-Man's Spidey sense. He has all Spider-Man's powers, but he has uh, none of Spider-Man's <laughs> ethics. Right. Yeah. Okay, that, that that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it, I like I I like that. I've never really thought of the fact that um, I don't think I've ever put together because there's a lot of antithesis characters in uh, popular culture. You know, you've got the Flash and Reverse Flash, and um, huh. you know, and then you've got you've got you know, Spider Man and Venom, and there's there's a there's a lot of those uh, yeah. uh, around S- Superman and Bizarro. Um, right. So there's a lot of antithesis characters, but I've never, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever put together the idea of 
the antithesis character is basically just like an antichrist character. Um, but right. you're not wrong. And that actually makes a lot of sense in terms of the iconography they're using here in this moment. Uh, so it's, that's, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it is pretty horrifying for a, uh, anti-baptism or right, whatever. Right. I mean, it just, it's like very immediately, um, it's scary for him and us basically. Right. Which I thought yeah, was a it unique wasn't, choice. It wasn't like this for Peter. Was that just because he was asleep when the symbiote first bonded with him? Yeah. Yeah. He was asleep. Or maybe because it, the symbiote was less stressed, like, oh, less desperate. Yeah. Less desperate, perhaps. It's yeah. like a drowning person clambering onto you. They're, they're full of all that nervous energy. Like, no, wait, Ooh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or yeah. your or your dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just like a dog in general, or like yeah, like your dog in the pool. Okay. Like when it, when you okay, when the yeah. dog doesn't want to be in the pool, and you take it to the pool, and then it like and it just goes thrashing around. Yeah, yeah, it thrashes yeah. and climbs on top of you to like get out of the water, and yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a whole. You you get a lot of scratches. Yeah. To, oh yeah. 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 Um, that's definitely. I, I, love, I love the look on Eddie's face as he as he looks at that first spot of the symbiote that he gets in his hand, like, "What the heck is this? Whoa!" And he he gives it just a couple shakes to get it off mm-hmm. his hand because he's so taken aback by what it is. When he had freaked out before when it got on his depression hoodie. Yeah, he's a little too chill for a second. I mean. I don't know if it really registers while you're watching it because kind of immediately the big stuff hits him and then it's full on scary mode. But right. yeah, that beat yeah. with his like turning down towards his wristwatch is a little more like, wow, that is that is really cool and weird, huh? Oh, ain't that a thing? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, else. I, I think it's it's more of just like what it what it, like, I mean, I feel like I would have a similar reaction of just like. Like what? In, what is happening? Like what is this? Because it's such an, an alien thing to be happening, you know? Of like, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, right. So it's it's just he. I think he's just like, I don't know, like kind of like shook at the 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 fact that he's like watching this happen right now on his hand. Yeah. And then he tries yeah. to get rid of it, but like by the time he like actually gets serious about trying to get rid of it, he looks up and he just gets inundated by like tons of it. and he gets picked up off the floor Mm -hmm. he's he's suspended by this mass of the symbiote uh and that i think serves to symbolize the lack of control that a person experiences when you're uh under the control of the symbiote you're not totally on the ground anymore you're in something else's power yeah hey that works you're not you're not grounded anymore oh i like that yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's intense. Oh man, um, yeah. So this is uh, this is happening. You know, we're we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get venom. <laughs> this is happening. Uh, it's it's it is interesting. I I do I like the way that this is happening. I like that this is not fun for him. Uh, and you know, he, it, it turns into fun for him, uh, in the (laughs) the next minute, but right now we're still strictly into, no, no, this is horrifying. Uh, this, this does not feel good. Uh, this is really scary. And he's still just a a dweeb, uh, right now. Like this is (laughs) like, he's just this dork. Uh, who is not a good guy. He's, he's not a good guy. He's just, he's just not. And, but he's mm. still like, he's not like, 
confident or or I don't know. Like it's it's he's 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 sad. Like he's a sad figure, Eddie Brock. And I think yeah. that this is peak sadness for him. Well, I well almost peak sadness for him. I think there's a, a sadder moment later in the movie. Um, but oh, yeah. I this is this is still pretty pretty sad and certainly peak sad up to this point because you're just like you know, I mean, you know, if you don't, if he doesn't know any better, like he could probably thinks that this thing is trying to eat him. Yeah. Like, I'm, like this is how I die. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to die. Like this is eating me alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a scary moment for sure. He's going to need yeah. some new pants to go with his new hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, do you think I, the, my, my question is throughout all this, where is the priest? Where, where is someone in charge? Because the bell yeah. is ringing when it shouldn't be. There's a lot of screaming from the top of the tower. Now there's a lot of screaming com- coming from the bottom of the tower. You know, if I know anything about the Catholic Church, there is some holy gray-haired lady in the back corner who is saying her rosary and getting a bunch of souls out of purgatory who <laughs> would be dashing off to the rectory and getting Father saying, Father, there's something weird going on in the church. There are a bunch of men screaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I no mean, one is is checking on this. No one is concerned or alarmed. That's uh, that's a general thing that we we found while going through this movie a minute at a time. Is that there are a lot of questions that apparently no one asked during making this because <laughs> uh, I think they were they were so worried about finishing the movie that there are a lot of logical things that no one bothered to uh, ask questions of because. Yeah, you're totally right. Like this, this place has people here. There, they, there's people like working, and you yeah, know. they established a shot when when Eddie comes in. There was someone in a robe walking across the sanctuary that we saw people leaving in the back door. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and if if I'm looking at Eddie's watch correctly, when he's looking at this spot that's fallen on his hand, it's only about seven o'clock. Right. Yeah. And there's. I, there's definitely a missed opportunity for like uh, you know some initial venom stuff with the uh, the people at this church, um, yeah. Of, of him just being like full on sort of demonic venom uh, character and and all of these like priests and and nuns and things like being like what what what's happening? Yeah, oh my why God. pass up on the opportunity to have the classic shot of the nun crossing herself as she sees this demon come out <laughs> yeah, of the bell right. tower? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why not? That, that seems like a total Sam Raimi chestnut kind of thing that he would put into the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they come running in here to check and then it just like hisses at them and then like climbs up the bell tower and jumps out one of the windows and they're like... Let's let's close this. Let's make sure we lock this door from now on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, as uh, as what sometimes happens in minutes that have like a lot of, uh, I don't know if I would call this an action sequence, but it kind of feels like one where there's CGI stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, we 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 run through the story stuff reasonably quickly, so yeah. I don't have, really have any more like. Um, uh, substantive notes on this. No, scene. no, me either. But uh, I'm sure. I'm sure David has uh, has some more stuff to talk about. Do well, you? I may have one or two little things that uh, <laughs> I have jotted down here uh, for. So uh, for Christ in the Cape, uh, what I wanted to, to touch on today that that was really interesting as I was thinking about the scene and looking at it, what are what are the spiritual dynamics at play here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about repentance. Okay. Um, 
Because that that's Peter's main motivation here, right? We started the week with that horrible moment where he hits Mary Jane and he has that realization of the, the depth of his iniquity, the depth of his sin, that what he's doing um, has an impact on the people around him. You know, it's the classic moment from the parable of the prodigal son, where the prodigal son goes away from home after asking for his share of the inheritance. The, the country he's in experiences a terrible famine. He has spent all of the money that he's been given. So he ends up uh, feeding the hogs of the local farm. And as the scripture says, he comes to his senses and says, do not the hired workers in my father's house have more than enough to eat, yet here am I dying of hunger. So every repentance has this moment of coming to one's senses after realizing you've hit rock bottom. So Mm -hmm. this is what hopefully brings Peter to the church, you know, that emphasis, you know, that, or rather that desire for repentance of turning over a new leaf. So there's an awareness of sin that motivates Spidey to repent, uh, to reject those former ways of life. However, he's going about it entirely on his own terms. There's, you know, there's not even Eddie's limited, halting uh, awareness of the divine for Spider-Man, no sense of uh, asking for forgiveness, no sense of of uh, making amends, he is going to fix this problem himself. And so right. he does violence to himself. He, he is uh, attacking this suit, attacking this uh, expression of his own sin, expression of his own iniquity. Mm-hmm. And as a result, as he goes about this in a, in a violent way, in a way that, that has very little peace about it, we see how the consequences of Peter's sin still have effect and are still active in the world because he's gone about this in a violent way. The consequences mm. of his sin still echo in Eddie's heart. You know, one of the reasons that Eddie is here is because you know, Peter was a massive jerk to him when he revealed that he had fraudulently put together that photo of Spider-Man. Yeah. And so he, Peter's actions have put Eddie in a vulnerable position to be this uh, bad host for the symbiote. Um, There's a a social dynamic to sin. Sin is never just about what I do to myself. My sin has consequences on other people's lives. And it's coming to that awareness that starts to lead to repentance. Peter sees it with Mary Jane. If Peter had seen it with Eddie in the first place, we may have avoided a lot of heartbreak, but he doesn't care about Eddie, and frankly, nobody does. Um, (laughs) It's kind of part of the problem. Yeah. Um, so uh, then at the, you know, so, so we have this, this repentance scene that is, you know, yes, Peter gets rid of the symbiote and that's good, but gosh, at least the creation of venom. So it, there's, there's almost this sense where, you know, Peter's going about this the wrong way. And, you know, to, to talk a little bit about towards the end of the movie, we have that scene between Peter and the Sandman where Peter forgives Flint for what he's done. Right. And if that comes not through violence, that comes not through some kind of fist-to-cuff confrontation where that, that is forced out of Peter, it comes freely. It comes from a place of genuine love, genuine forgiveness, and there's a moment of healing both for Flint and for Peter. Now, of course, Flint has expressed true remorse for what he's done. You know, we, we learn from the flashback that it was accidental, but still he was making choices that put him in that position. But that remorse opens the door to receiving that forgiveness. Likewise, Peter, in, in giving forgiveness in that authentic way, he heals his own guilt. He heals his own desire for revenge. Peter ends up a better man for giving that freely. 
Um, now, Flint is still an escaped convict who has committed at least manslaughter, if not outright murder. So, you know, letting him get away probably isn't the best thing to do, Peter. But, oh, you know, you know, let's let's just leave that where it is. Um, so there's that that dynamic of repentance. Yes, we have to act against sin. But when I when I have people who come to me who are they're hot to trot to get right with God, I would say, okay, well, let's, let's slow down here. We got to make sure that we we go about this in the right way because you know, whenever God is present, there's peace, there's gentleness, and there's joy. And a repentance that comes by doing violence to oneself is just going to perpetuate that cycle of sin, and it's going to leave those lingering traces of sin out in the world that lead to them festering and growing, and and you know, that takes manifestation in venom. Hmm. A nice phrase: lingering traces of his sin. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, the other thing too that I, while you were talking, that I thought of as well is the um, the sort of. Uh, uh, visual iconography that they're using here beyond just the the antichrist uh, sort of crucifixion uh, thing that they're doing uh, but there's there's also another piece of religious iconography that they're using here which is the uh, the 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 self flag uh, flagellation flagellation yeah flagellation oh, yeah. pose um, that uh, that that Peter is in um, continuously through the sequence uh, and and ends in that pose that's sort of like crouched down with a with a nude back sort of thing and he's constantly sort of ripping from the back you know and it just yeah they, there's a lot of they're they're definitely using that that sort of visual um here which i think it goes hand in hand with what you're talking about as far as the uh repent uh nature of uh what's happening here yeah, yeah, certainly there's there's a tradition in Catholicism around uh, instruments of mortification, you know, things like some self-flagellation or wearing uh, a belt or a bracelet or something like that that causes discomfort or pain. Uh, now, those things are done out of awareness of one's own sinfulness, out of a desire to uh, discipline oneself and to enter more deeply into relationship with Christ. And that's always the goal. The goal isn't pain for pain's sake, because that's mm. that's masochism. The goal is to identify with the pains of Christ in his passion, who suffered in the flesh as a consequence of our sins, as a consequence of the patterns of violence and mockery and humiliation and injustice and everything else that he suffered over the course of his passion. Um, uh, that... Uh, at times became too extreme. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, many of the spiritual masters always talk about, okay, now if you're going to do the self-flagellation, you should never draw blood. If you're doing that, you're going too far. So you got, and you always want to do that by the permission of your spiritual director, some wise person who knows what they're about before you engage in these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, yeah, the, the self-flagellation that Peter is going through is, yeah, is one of those examples of, okay, oh, it's a little extreme here, Peter. Let's just, <laughs> right. okay, let's just dial it back. Let's kind of remember that we're in the presence of right. God here and his desire to bless us. And, okay, let's just kind of take a chill pill. All right, yeah. you're out of 10. I need you at a four. Come on, let's. Well, and, and movies are never going to do a four in that. No. Uh, in, in that. They're going to always go well, to 10. Un- unless they want to win an Oscar. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know if that's really the... Uh, track that this particular film was on yeah no i don't think so uh, <laughs> the oscar bait oscar bait no 
Um, but yeah, it, it just it it immediately uh, uh, w- once you started talking about that, it immediately pulled images from like the Da Vinci Code and Paul Bettany's character in that. Oh yikes! Um, yeah, and and so like yeah, that's, the grinding that's, sound you're hearing is me rolling my eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah right. the Da Vinci oh, Code. Oh, no, no, I, I mean I know, <laughs> but but also I'm just there talking an entire another podcast there, <laughs> right? But like I but from from a cinematic point of view, it's like that's the oh, thing right, that right. it reminded me of, and it made me oh, think of yeah, the same sure. visual iconography and. And then uh and here we are but Gosh, um, i forgot that was paul bettany yeah yeah oh wow yeah this jarvis the, the vision yeah <laughs> god that movie like went in one ear and out the other for me i, uh, I remember the book a lot more clearly than the ron howard well film. neither neither were very good neither one is really good <laughs> so <laughs> no it's airplane food you know uh <laughs> yeah 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 whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Dan Brown was accused of plagiarism, so there you go. There uh, you go. Um, anyway, so it goes. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so it goes. That's what I got for this minute. Folks. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, uh, guys, you're, you, I know you're shopping on Amazon, right? Uh, you probably are, and if you are, you should be using our link, DuelingGenre.com/slash/Amazon is that link, and you can go there, buy anything you want on Amazon, and get a uh, new we'll, hoodie. Yeah, buy yeah. a new hoodie. Uh, maybe you maybe you got some gunk on it. Um, you don't want it anymore. <laughs> Get a new hoodie uh, through duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. Uh, anything that you buy on Amazon, we will get a cut of Amazon's profit. It doesn't cost you anything. It just costs them something, uh, and it helps us out in the process. So we appreciate everyone who does that. That's duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. And we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week with Minute 105. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. See ya.